Hey family, can we just make some noise for what God has done through Share the Season this year? And from our church staff, we just want to say thank you for being a generous church to give to those in need in our community, and not only in our community, but all over South Georgia. And we just want to say thank you, because God has used those meals, those clothes, those gifts, and has impacted hundreds and hundreds of people. So we just want to say thank you. Because Christmas is a time where we, we love to give. Giving is something that we love to do at Christmas time. And, uh, but so often Christmas can be so overwhelmed with someone, so many other things besides Jesus. I know it's one of the things I think about is family. You think about travel. You think about presents. You think about all those different things besides Jesus. And also when you think about Christmas, a time every parent in here, you have counted the cost of Christmas, Right? You know, when you, I know my wife and I, last week, we sat down, okay, okay, what can we really afford to give our children? We sit down and we count the costs. Especially when last year, because we have two little ones, all they want to do is just play with the bubble wrap the whole time. We're like, you have new presents and all you want to do is play with bubble wrap. So we might just get a bubble wrap this year. I don't know. But every parent knows that you count the costs at Christmas time. Faith family, we do the exact same thing, the idea of counting the cost with our own spiritual life. We ask ourselves this question, is it worth it? Is it worth it to give a second offering when Christmas is right around the corner? Is it worth it to spend our money on a mission trip instead of a vacation? Is it worth it to help a family in need instead of treating ourselves? Is it worth it to walk in obedience instead of doing, doing what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do? Is it worth it to follow him and his will instead of our American dream? Last week, I was uh, reading a story online, and it was, it was about a, an older lady named Helen Rosevere. She was a missionary in Africa, and she was born in the 1920s. She went to Oxford College, and it was there at college that God radically changed her life, and she became a follower of Jesus, and God put a burden for the nations on her heart. And so she started, uh, studied to be a nurse, and so she went, uh, she got her degree in nursing, and then God called her to Africa, to the Congo. And so she lived her life there in Africa. But in 1964, after she's seeing God do amazing things, building hospitals, saving people, building schools. In 1964, a civil war broke out in the Congo. And she was trapped. She had nowhere to go. She was actually taken in as a prisoner, and she was beaten and tortured in unimaginable ways. And as she was in her jail cell, she asked that same question. Is it worth it? Are all my pains, the abuse I'm taking, is it worth it? And she was crying out to God in the midst of her jail cell. And she says in a tender and quiet, loving voice, God spoke to her. In their deepest, darkest of pain, he said, Helen, you have the wrong question. The question is, isn't, is it worth it? The question you need to ask yourself is, am I worthy? 
And in that moment, she looked at her pain, her suffering, her trials so differently. Because she knew everything that she was going through was worth it because he, Jesus, is worthy. And it was in that jail cell she wrote these words. Look at them with me. She said, God never uses a person greatly until he has wounded him deeply. The privilege he offers you is greater than the price you have to pay. The privilege is greater than the price. I love that. The privilege is greater than the price. Jesus is worthy, faith family. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And the beauty of the manger means nothing without the brutality of the cross. Because Jesus came as a baby to grow into a man, God in flesh, to live the life that we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserved. And he rose from the grave, defeating hell, sin, and our enemy. And he is right now seated at the right hand of the Father, drawing his church, his sons, and his daughters to himself. And he is building a kingdom that will last for all time, and nothing can go against him. Cross Point Church, Jesus is worthy. Can we make some noise for Jesus this morning? Because he is worthy. And so the question that we need to ask ourselves isn't, is it worth it? But really is. Is he worthy? And I want us to press into a story. It's a very familiar story for those that grew up in church and around Christmas. It's the story of the wise men. So if you have God's word, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 2. If you don't have God's word, it's going to be up here on the screen. And I just want to read this for us. Matthew chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. It says... Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it was written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures... They offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. 
Faith family, I just want to give you three truths this morning about our faith when we see that Jesus is worthy. The first one is this. Jesus is worthy, so we gather. Jesus is worthy, so we gather. What I love about this story, it isn't just one man on a journey. It's the wise man. It's the magi. Now, we don't know if it's three. Sorry, Christmas sets that you have at home, the little nativity sets. It was probably a little more than three, most historians think, because all Jerusalem was in an uproar when these dudes came into town. All right? But we know that these men traveled together. And I want you to know they came from the east, and, and most people believe they came from around the Babylon area, which that was about 800 miles from Jerusalem. And so they had to travel not through car, not on an airplane, but camel, horseback, 800 miles through mountains, through deserts, through some of the most dangerous ro- roads during that time. So it cost them a lot to go. And I can probably imagine one of them getting tired because it, took, it was about a three to four month journey. I can imagine on day 40, they're like, is this worth it? Maybe we should just head back. You know, we're just literally following a star. We don't even know if this is really what it is. But I can imagine them saying, no, it is worth it. Not only is it worth it, but he, the Messiah, is worth it. They challenge each other to keep on going because commitment lasts longer in community. Commitment lasts longer in community. My wife and I got to go up to Boston a a little bit over Thanksgiving, and we got to see the Bunker Hill Monument. It's this huge monument that goes straight up. And so we were taking pictures, we were walking around it, and then all of a sudden one of the guys that were working, was working there, he's like, hey, do you know you can actually climb to the top? And I was like, that would be awesome, let's do it. And everybody else said, no, let's not. So I was like, we're doing it. So we go in, and he's like, you know, it's about 300 stairs. I'm like, that's a piece of cake, all right? So we start going. It was about stair 26 when I realized I made a huge mistake. Because that's when the sweat started to come down. And then we got to stare 100, and I was starting to hunch over. I took off my huge jacket, and, and then about stare 156, I literally had to sit down. It looked like I'd just been in a fight. And then I was thinking, I got 150 more to go. There's no way I'm going to make it. And as I'm sitting there, sweat coming down, I hear this noise from below me. And I look down, and this little white-haired lady maybe 70 years old. She wasn't walking up the stairs. She was floating up the stairs. She was smiling. She was kind of egging on the people behind her, you know, like her grandchildren, like, come on, this is easy. And I looked at her, I was like, this isn't fair. (laughs) And then I I looked at my wife, I said, Callie, if she can do it, we can do it. And then I got myself up and we kept climbing stair by stair by stair to the very top. And I think about that. It's the same thing with our walk with Jesus. There's days where we feel like giving up. There are days that are hard. There are days when it feels like the world is coming to an end. But the beautiful thing about his church is that we're never alone. And that's the reason we gather, because commitment lasts longer in community. That's the reason we gather on Sunday mornings to sing the praises to Jesus. That's the reason we come together in life groups to challenge each other, to pray for each other. That's the reason we have D groups. That's the reasons we have the different ministries here at Cross Point Church because we know we need each other. And we see that these men needed 
each other. And what, what I love about the, the story of the Magi, the wise men, is that God is bringing, gathering up people from all nations, tribes, and tongues. Because we see here, it wasn't the Jewish people that came to worship Jesus. It was, all, it was honestly the pagans. Because Jesus is worthy, so we gather. The second truth I want you to see this morning is this. Jesus is worthy, so we give. Jesus is worthy, so we give. Look at verse 11 again. It says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What I love about this is that these grown men fell on their face. We don't know how old Jesus is. Some people think maybe he was maybe two. I have a two-year-old. I can't imagine falling on my face in front of my two-year-old. But when you know the true worth of Jesus, it will take the greatest man and he will fall on his face before God. And we see that you don't give your gifts before God first. No, you give your hearts. You give your life to him. We will never worship him with our lives if he isn't ruling of our hearts. And we see that these men worshiped Jesus. And out of that, they gave. They were generous of their time. This wasn't just some quick trip. It took probably almost a year in length for a total. They gave of their time. They gave of their talents. These men could literally follow stars and find where Jesus was going to be born. They were smart enough to read Micah and know that he was supposed to be born. They used their talents to worship Jesus. And lastly, we see they gave of their treasures. When I was thinking about this, I was challenged because God doesn't need our treasures. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our wealth. Everything is his anyways. But then why does he ask us to give? I think there's many reasons why he asks us to give. I think the greatest is because he's worthy of it. He is worthy. These gifts don't add to him. They just ascribe to him his true worth and value. And they tell us that we have something greater than any gold or silver or any 401k or any boat or any dream house. We have something so much greater than anything. We have the one. We have Jesus. Jesus is worthy, so we give. Lastly, Jesus is worthy, so we go. Jesus is worthy, so we go. Look at verse 12 again. And it says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. These men obeyed God instead of man. They feared God over man. Herod was one of the ruthless men in the Bible. He killed his own sons for just thinking about betraying him. And so instead of fearing that man, they feared God and obeyed God over man. And then if you go back in the story and actually look, they actually come, the wise men come to Jerusalem. And they actually come before Herod and they say, hey, the Messiah is supposed to be born. Do you know where he is? And the whole town gets in an an uproar. And then Herod brings in the the religious elite. He brings in the scribes that know the Old Testament. He brings in the priests. And they recite to him Micah. And they say, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. 
And as I was thinking about this, there's something tragic that happens here. Because the men that should have been looking for Jesus, the men that should have been so excited that the Messiah has come, the men that knew about Jesus, they didn't even care to go see him. They said, hey, how about y'all go? If that's really him, come back and tell us. And then as I was just thinking about that, I was so broken this past week because how often do I do the exact same thing? These men were willing to risk their lives, travel 800 miles just to worship Jesus. But there are days I don't even walk five feet to pick up my Bible to see Jesus. Because the problem is, I fall in just like those Pharisees, just like those scribes, just like those men who knew about Jesus, but they didn't see him as worthy. The wise men saw Jesus as worthy, so they went. They followed a star. They risked their lives to worship Jesus. My heartbeat for myself, for those precious kids in DPK and for every one of you is that this Christmas we wouldn't worry about presents, we wouldn't worry about food or where we're going, we would fix our eyes on Jesus because he is worthy of our worship he is worthy of our time, talents and treasures, Jesus is worthy so we gather, Jesus is worthy so we give, Jesus is worthy so we go, we go and tell others about him we go and make disciples heartbeat for us all this morning is for us to see that Jesus is worthy. And you might, you might be here this morning, you might be asking yourself that question, is he worthy? And that is a good question to ask. And if you have questions about who Jesus is, we would love to talk to you about him after the service here in the connection room. But Spence and the guys are about to come back out and they're going to lead us in a couple more songs. I just want to challenge you, faith family, to fix your eyes on Jesus, to see that he is worthy. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for Jesus. Father, you sent your son to come as a baby. God, you sent your son to come to be born in the animal's trough. The king left his throne to come down to walk with man. And not only walk with man, but to die for man. Father, we thank you for the manger. And God, we praise you for the cross. Because it was on the cross that you took on our weight of sin. And you declared, it is finished. And you are drawing us to yourself. So Father, may we see you as worthy. 
And Father, when those tough times come, when, when life seems to squeeze us, we wouldn't say, is it worth it? But we would fix our eyes on you and say, is he worthy? And the answer to that is always yes. Jesus, may we be people that gather. Father, may we be people that give. And Father, may we be people that go. Because Jesus, you are worthy.